Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Klamachko. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's show, we welcome special guest, Alago CEO, Mathieu Bonnet. Alago owns a pan-European electric vehicle charging network. On the podcast, Mathieu discusses the European EV market and its 46% expected growth rate, the future of ultra-fast EV charging, how Alago expects to generate 30% IRRs from its owned sites, what it was like working with private equity firm Apollo on Alago's going public transaction, and more. So with no further ado, here's our podcast with Alago CEO, Mathieu Bonnet. We have Mathieu from Alago on the podcast today, calling in from the Netherlands. Mathieu, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thanks a lot. Thank you for hosting me. So today we are getting into the details on the European EV market, specifically from a charging perspective. What really surprised me about the Alago story and what you guys are building is that the European EV market is nearly twice the size of the United States EV market. Not only that, but it's expected to grow at a 46% Kager, would you mind talking to us just about kind of the macro thesis behind the company and the market behind EV charging in Europe? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, let's let's begin with market because I think that's uh, that's quite amazing what's going on here in Europe. We are we are in the middle, and, well, maybe just the beginning of a really big uh, revolution from a shift to fuel cars to EVs. And just to give you a flavor of that, in Q4 2021. Uh, the, the EV uh, penetration in terms of sales represents more, and full battery, not plug-in vehicles, but full battery represents more than 17% of all the, the, the fuel, well, the sales cars in uh, passenger cars in Europe. So you can imagine that it's, it is getting uh, very, very important. And there are many reasons for that. Regulations, and uh, which is very, very strong in Europe, to shift to, uh, to EVs. And it will be uh, in in few years from now uh, forbidden to sell any fuel cars in Europe. So that's the reason why all at the end of the day all the cars will be electric. Yeah, seems to be that's where clearly the market is heading. Now let's talk about Alago's current charging network. It's massive. I believe it's coming up to thirty thousand locations soon. Can you talk to us about Alago's network and also how it compares to competitors? Yeah, sure. So we we began in 2013, and we uh, already with this idea to equip a new uh, new infrastructure, which is the EV chargers. So we are focusing on public chargers, and we began with slow chargers, what we you have in the US, uh, North America, what we call level two, and very quickly we moved to the fast and ultra fast chargers for public charging station because we do believe that when you want to charge on a public station, you want to charge quickly. So that's the reason why you want to do it in a few minutes. Our network is in the Netherlands and in 14 
countries in Europe, in the biggest market, Germany, France, UK, all over Europe. And we are the, the largest in terms of footprint network in Europe, actually. So we are ahead of, uh, of the competition in terms of numbers of, uh, of charging stations all over Europe. Can you talk to us about the technology? Because clearly ultra-fast charging is a focus of the company going forward. Started out in 2013, slow charging. Obviously, no one wants to sit around for an hour waiting for their car to charge up. So can you talk about how important this focus on fast charging is? Yes. So, and to make it clear to, uh, to everyone, ourselves, we do not manufacture hardware. We, uh, we focused primary, and that's uh, our tech, because we are a tech-focused company. We focus on the software layer to manage all the chargers. And what is important? for Because we considered that it will be a commoditized market, the hardware per se, the plug, uh, I would say, even though the technology is, uh, is, uh, is improving. So we need to monitor many different kinds of chargers in real time with the energy, take care of the authorization for you to be recognized, for you to process the, the energy, and for you to process the billing. Because we do all the chain, and we can do it everywhere in Europe, of course, on our networks. And we are already managing more than 6 million charging stations, uh, for instance, last year in 2021. And it is growing really rapidly and dramatically. So just to make sure I fully understand the business model, you acquire hardware from the manufacturers and you deploy them, you own this fast charging network. But in addition to that, you do provide third-party services. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So we have two, uh, two revenue streams. One of our <clears throat> revenue streams consists in selecting sites. And, and there we have a very powerful advanced tool to forecast traffic and to, uh, to, to find out the best layout of our the charging station, how many charging stations we will install uh, at, one, uh, at, one, at the beginning and maybe moving uh, ahead with, uh, with the increase of the traffic. We install the chargers and we manage and operate them on the long term, which is 15 or 20 years. And we directly sell to the EV drivers charging station. That's one of our revenue stream. And we have as well another revenue stream, which consists in selling charging solution, comprehensive solution to corporation. For instance, uh, we have won a big deal with Nissan to roll out for them 600 uh, for their 600 dealership fast charging, fast charging station inside their or uh, along their uh, dealership for their customers in order to charge to, to charge their car. So we provide all the services from the from the chargers installation, and we onboard on our uh, platform all these uh, chargers during a five years period so that they can track all the all the traffic, they can track the data, they can track all, uh, what consumption they use and to understand the pattern of charging. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. So going through Allegro's investor presentation, one thing that caught my eye is the part on unit economics, specifically discussing 
30% IRRs generated from owned sites. This is obviously extremely attractive for investors. Can you give us some details backing that number of the 30% IRR? Yes. So uh, what we do, so we select the sites and we, we need to, do, to select the best sites. So that's the reason why we have just mentioned the tool we, we use to do that. We uh, design, and that's our proprietary, we design the, the layout of the chargers with the transfer, for instance, with all the connection with the grid operators to be, to be supplied of electricity. And here we have as well an energy platform in order to, to make sure that we have the right electricity. I, I could come back on that, which is 100% renewable because that's quite important to have zero emission uh, mobility. And then we operate these chargers. We have a CapEx, okay, uh, investment at the beginning. But as a matter of fact, in, because we have our technology to manage our chargers, um, the OPEX are quite low and are mainly linked with the price of energy. But the fixed cost is going to be reduced with the higher utilization rates on our chargers. For instance, uh, when I talk about fixed cost, that's the maintenance cost. And so what is very important for our model, it is the uh, it is a KPI called utilization rate. That's the number of cars per day, for instance, that use specific charger. And with a growing number of cars, we have this number growing and growing. And now, with all our projection, we have the figures you have mentioned, um, you, uh, we consider that with eight sessions on average per day and per charger, we will reach this IRR. So you may, you may say, Oh, but if it's so interesting, everyone will try to put some chargers. I guess so, but it is quite complex. Why that? Because you need to have the f- and to find best sites. And here, you need to have the tools. And we have a tremendous backlog of more than 800 sites ready to be rolled out. That's one. And second, you need to secure grid connection. And here, that's very that, that's very difficult. So the, it is a, a land-grabbing game, I would say, in a way, with the right techno in order to operate during the long term without any issue. So with a high uptime, uh, your charger. And that's where our technology of uh, what we call the EV plot platform to manage all our chargers is very important because without this technology, it's very difficult to make it work smoothly and to make it work economically. Certainly, it does sound quite difficult, no doubt. Uh, one potential issue with EV charging, and you noted this, is that the importance of renewable energy. For example, if um, the EV infrastructure is powered by you know, coal-powered energy, then it kind of defeats the purpose. But you indicated this focus on renewable energy powering your charging yeah. stations. Would you mind discussing that? Absolutely. That, that's quite important. Because if we use a coal plant, for instance, uh, globally, globally speaking, in the term of cycle, <laughs> to generate the, the, the electricity, you will emit more than the new standard, for instance, in Europe for fuel cars. So not a not, not, not big deal uh, if you want to have zero uh, emission uh, mobility. So it is important to have a 100% renewable to do that. And to be able to do that, we make sure that we our electricity comes from this kind of renewable. So we can be directly plugged with this kind of assets for them to feed electricity on our charger because we have the techno and the balancing, what we call, sorry, it's a bit technical, but balancing perimeter in the different countries in Europe to do that. And we are active on different power markets in Europe, uh, which is a liberalized market. 
Uh, and so, yes, we, we have all the techno to be sure that we can track the right electricity on our charger. And it is very important for our customers. No doubt, because the environmental benefits are certainly one of the main drivers of EV adoption. Now, one potential concern about investors is we're discussing this 30% IRR, but are those attractive returns in any way dependent on subsidies or incentives or any risk of those going away, if so? So just coming back to what you just said uh, about the, the importance of uh, of uh, zero emission uh, for the adoption of EV, that's true, that's one, and that's a big push, but there is another one that's the cost. Uh, and here, I, I do think that there is maybe differences between what the, the what we see in North America and in the US or Canada and uh, with Europe. Uh, we have, uh, of course, a benchmark, which is the fuel price. And uh, the fuel price is so high in, in Europe, uh, just to give you a favor, more than uh, 8, 8.5 uh, dollars per gallon, that, wow. the, that the charge on our uh, ultra-fast charging station, even though you pay a premium to charge very quickly, is much lower than fueling your tank. So it is an economic reason as well. It's much more efficient to, to, to uh, drive an EV right now than a fuel car in terms of, of cost. And the total cost of ownership is uh, much less for EV than with fuel cars. So that, that's a very, very uh, important driver right now with this push to, um, uh, to, uh, to EVs. That's, uh, and that, that's the reason why I would like to, um, to, to, to stress it. For, uh, for your listeners, because uh, that's very different from the U.S. So that's the reason why it will, it will be a massive misadoption and there will, there will be no way back. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate. Do you want to diversify your investment portfolio while benefiting the planet? The Accelerate Carbon Negative Bitcoin ETF symbol ABTC on the Toronto Stock Exchange provides investors with exposure to Bitcoin while protecting the environment. Accelerate implements a global tree planting campaign to sequester carbon emissions and help fight climate change. Up to 10% of ABTC's 69 basis point management fee will be allocated to Accelerate's annual tree planting campaign. For each $1,000 invested in ABTC, an estimated one net ton of carbon dioxide is expected to be sequestered each year. Buy Bitcoin, save the planet. Find out more at investabtc.com. You discussed some of the economics, the unit economics from your perspective. Can you talk about the economics from the perspective of real estate owners for, for your sites and why you're having a, one of your sites would be more attractive than some of the other uses for, for the real estate. Yeah. So, uh, and maybe it can be linked with a, with a part of the question I haven't answered <laughs> to Julian regarding the subsidies. We, we can make it thrive on, on our, with good economics, with, uh, with our charging station, without any subsidies because of the economics I've just mentioned in Europe and the dynamics of this uh, economics. Um, uh, anyway, there 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 are there are some some uh, subsidies, but more global one, which is more credit carbon, because if you have some uh, avoidance of emission of CO two, you can trade. And it's the equivalent of trading your uh, CO two emission on the market. And in Europe, we have a, we have a market for that. So it is a, a market mechanism, I would say, that, that can be used as well. And regarding the economics of for the sites. 
for Saisonar. Basically speaking, what we bring to them, that's a new service. For instance, when we when we partner with a, with a retailer, for instance, we bring a new service for their customers being able to charge. So that's the reason why we have a re, we have a kind of return uh, which is basic now because they understand that they have something valuable as well in terms of uh, of spot and the order of magnitude is uh, around one or two percent of of the revenue. So it's it's quite it I say it's quite um, reasonable because in addition to that, which is I would say hand money. We bring these new services that is needed for this uh, retailer because if they don't have that, well, people with EV would prefer to go on a retailer with an EV, the charging station uh, on their parking lot, uh, instead of going to uh, another one without. That, so that's a very good push. And we bring for us the CapEx. So that's quite interesting in terms of economic as well for them. So it's a win-win situation. When, when you mention the carbon credits, are those going to the, the real estate owners or to you? No. No, no. We they are going to us because we are the investors uh, and we are the owners of the station. Interesting. That's really good to know. Thank you for clarifying that. Now, you recently announced a going public transaction, their merger with SPAC Spartan Acquisition Three. And what I should note is that that SPAC specifically it's backed by Apollo Global Management, massive global private equity firm. What was it like working with Apollo? Well, so you have you have understood that. For, for our plan, we need to install and roll out charging stations. So we need to, to fund our CapEx. So that's the reason why uh, we wanted to raise capital. And uh, a way to do that, uh, well, we consider a different route to do that and uh, different ways. And the SPAC was con- well, was considered a, a good one. So that's the reason why uh, we see uh, this, this universe. And we we're very, very happy uh, and, uh, and proud to, to be uh, uh, to 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 have chosen uh, Apollo with this uh, with this where well, their franchise uh, Spartan Spike, uh, where they are very knowledgeable as a matter of fact, uh, of course in private equity, but uh, I mean infrastructure. So they know energy, and that was quite important for us that uh, we could partner with uh, with some uh, with some people who know that and with uh, very learned, I would say, professionals that they can understand our business uh, quickly. So that's that's the reason why uh, we partnered, uh, given all, all of these, and as well with the size of, uh, of the SPAC, which uh, which is a 500 more uh, million dollars uh, SPAC. It was quite uh, quite interesting for us in order to uh, to fund our plan. That's great to hear. As as you look forward into the future. Do you have any plans to expand beyond Europe or in, into Asia or North America? Um, and, and if not, what are what are some of the bottlenecks or to to doing so? So right now, to be uh, to be honest, Michael, we we're going to focus mostly in uh, in Europe, given the the size of the market and the dynamics of the market. Uh, our plan is based on Europe, but we. Uh, we will consider uh, along our journey, that's for sure, uh, other market as well, but uh, but not in the short term. Uh, we we definitely want to uh, to grow where we are and to make the most of the position we we have already built. One of your EV charging peers recently went public by SPAC. So when investors are looking at the sector, some are going to want to pick one stock. Why should that be? Elegant. What separates you? What differentiates you uh, compared to your competitors? So, so first, uh, given the others, uh, I think we are in the biggest uh, market. 
uh, which is Durham. And that's a big, uh, a big advantage. Uh, so if you want to have a favor of what's going on in the, in, the, in the leading market, it is happening now in Europe. And it's three times bigger than, uh, than in the US. That's one. Second, we are uh, nearly a 100 million euro revenue company already. And we are uh, positive operational positive EBITDA. So I mean, that's very, uh, we are talking about real, real figures, real business and growing business. So uh, we have, uh, we are not in a, in a startup mode. <laughs> we are much, much more advanced than that. And we are now in an execution mode of rolling out our, our stations. From the investor presentation, it seems like there is a big focus on positive EBITDA, which is great to see in the current market environment where investors don't necessarily have a lot of stomach for riskier, unprofitable companies. So you're definitely heading in the right direction, a massive market ahead of you, the going public transaction expected to close early March. Once it's up and trading as ALLG will be the new ticker symbol. So Etchu, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Going to be watching the story closely and wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much for hosting me again. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks so much. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty expressed or implied is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.